There it is. Yeah. Yes. There we are. Lovely. After three weeks or two weeks, Muda Scale is back once again. And, uh, and that's your crumpled up piece of paper. That's not mine. I don't have no crumpled up piece of paper, dude. You know, you and I get tired of, so we're, we're on a Saturday, right? Yeah. And you work hard, I work hard. That I don't get tired of working, right? But, you know, Saturday rolls around, right? I'm, I'm relaxing a little bit, you know, laying down after a hard week of work. I wake up, you know, because I'm forced to wake up at, like, 6 in the morning because I wake up at 4.30 every flipping morning. So I'm, I'm just hanging out, you know, like, going to gonna start the wash and do all this stuff. And then I get a text saying that, that Grandpa wants to go see my two kids. Now, I know for a fact this guy ain't coming over, but i got to wake them all up. They gotta get all ready, and and we call him. He doesn't call, and so now now they're just hanging out doing nothing. But they could have had an extra two hours of sleep. And then while I'm grabbing my coffee, I get another text going, "Can Keona come on a play date?" I'm like, "No, I don't want to do a play date today, right?" It's like I don't want to drive to your house, and wait five hours. I can't even like have a beer during that five hours, and then I gotta pick her up and come back, cook dinner, and then by the by the time by the time I can actually have a beer, it's nine o'clock. I'm going like, "How did this day happen?" I was like, "I wanted I wanted to wash my clothes." I need to go walk my dogs. I wanted to work out a little bit. Now I'm stuck here with you recording a podcast because this stupid piece of crap doesn't work either. It's a damn shame. So that, that's what I'm talking about. That's why I have the crumpled piece of paper. You want, you want to, let me hand you my keys so you can throw them down to <laughs> I want. I want to throw down the keys. I, I like your shirt, though. Thanks, man. It's <laughs> just but a scratch. Yes. Yeah. It's just a flesh wound. I'm going to give a flesh wound to someone right now. I don't like people that mess with me, dude. You know, if you're going to do something, then do it. And I knew for a fact this was going to happen. Someone has a little fart and wants to say, like, I want to see the kids, but then they never see it, and I have to deal with the aftermath. You know what I'm saying? I do. You, you, you've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. But you laid down the law a long time ago, right? You know what I mean? You laid down the law, right? Like, you know, like, some, you, like your father-in-law did, some, did that to your kid, and you, just, and you just, like, smacked him and said, hey, said no more. I wish I, I, wish I could be like you. I, I, th- I think you can do that. Cause you're in a house full of boys, dude. I'm in a house full of women. You know, like I, I get feminine around here. Like, like, like I have to deal. I have to, I have to deal with all their garbage every flipping month. And then she lay like if, if you lay around or, or like the house becomes a mess, you can just say like, oh man, this is testosterone, dude. You know, it's like testosterone. I can't help it, honey. I got I got three kids. You know, we're all testosterone. Blah, blah, blah. With me, I get a bunch of estrogen. You know what happens when when, when the estrogen builds up? I start flipping cooking, dude. I start cleaning the house. That, that's what I get, right? And look at you. You just get a fala, dude. Fuck around, lay around, do or die, dude. And look at me over here. I'm, I'm, I'm cooking stuff up. I'm cleaning the kitchen. I'm taking the crap out of my, my, my cat's litter box. And look at you. You just get to hang out. You get to swing on by, talk a little wrestling, and then go home and, and, and just relax. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I cook. I cook. I cook. Actually, you're a good I, cook. I cook all the time. So, so for, those, for those of you who don't know, this is better at my donuts over here. I'm Bad News Ramen. And I, I, just, I just felt like I had, a, I had a method man on this. And you're the only one that can understand when I say method man. You know exactly what I mean. You had to, you had to vent on wax. Yeah. yeah. But but what is but what did method man do? Though? Oh, he, he he had to release his delf. There you go. Yo delf. <laughs> well, his delf. Yeah. But it's yo delf. Yeah. yeah. But you were releasing yo delf. Yeah. But you know we played some Bobby Womack, so that kind of kind of got me all yeah, happy. I, I kind of yeah. like that. that was, R- rest in peace, Bobby Womack. That was that was pretty good. Uh, Whatever happened. So what was the story with Bobby Womack? Like, was he ever accused? I mean, I don't I don't know, but there was like something like a girlfriend died or something like that. Remember? No, you're confusing that with uh, no, I'm not, Al I'm not Green. Con- Al Green. So Al Green was, was did he burn someone or um, didn't like? Oh yeah, okay, I think he like threw like boiling water on this chick. Oh man, I don't know. I don't even want and to. And then, uh, but Al- then he found religion. Yeah. And he became a reverend. You're saying that Al Green threw boiling water on someone? I believe that was the story. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll go with an allegedly here. I think that was what I heard. It wasn't. Mo- it wasn't Woman. I think 
Womack. The story you're referring to was the Al Green story. But he, something happened with Womack. Well, didn't Womack, wasn't Womack dating like Al Green's former girlfriend or whatever? Right, that was his son. That, that I don't know about. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so the, while I look up what happened to Bobby Womack mm-hmm. and Al Green, even though, now I'm a big I'm a big Al Green proponent. He's one of my favorite artists of all time. But if you want to talk about wrestling, I guess we can talk about that. And you're going to force me to talk about wrestling when I don't want to talk about wrestling. <laughs> but go ahead. Because you live in a house full of testosterone, and I live in a house full of estrogen. So and go ahead. And that would make me being the one forced to talk about wrestling. And as, you have a more difficult time discussing the wrestling business because as, there's as, so much estrogen around here. As long as you don't ask me for a play date, I think we're fine. Okay. I think I think I can uh, I think I can handle that. I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna ask you on a play date. So so Bobby Womack married Sam Cook's widow. Sam Cook's yeah. widow, okay. He was twenty one years old too, and Barbara Campbell was ten years older. So that was like big news back then, right? You know, like the, Oh, he had an affair with his eighteen year old stepdaughter too. Ah. So so he married so he married Sam Cook's wife. And do you, do you know who Sam Cook is? Yes. You know, the change is gonna come, right? Okay. One of the best songs ever. So he marries Barbara Campbell, ten years his senior, which is which was a kind of a thing back then. It's like no no guy like married someone ten years older back in the seventies or sixties and stuff. And then he went all Woody Allen, and and uh, and had an affair with his eighteen year old stepdaughter. Yes, that that is the Woody Allen move. So and then Barbara fired a gun at her husband, Vincent Womack. His son with Barbara committed suicide in 1986. So yeah. And then Bobby's brother was fatally stabbed in 1974. So yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Okay. And then Al Green threw some boiling water. Well, I don't know yet. <laughs> don't don't make me look at Al Green, but there we go. That one's not verified at this point. No. All right. Um. So. So I, I want I want to open up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go I, ahead. I, I, this is this is my uh, yeah. this is my this, this is your show. This is my stiz age, dude. <coughs> I don't even know. Do if what you do. I don't even know if we're recording, but you know, fingers crossed, because this is gold right here, Jerry. It's gold. It's gold. Um. It's real. It is real. So here's here's a let, let's open up with this. Well, let's let's try to. Uh, I don't know if I want to be positive or negative, but here is the thing that I want to say, and maybe there's a question out of it. But this this really this really this really pissed me off. It okay. made me really mad. All right. I got really heated, more heated than I am heated right now. I didn't get the whole uh, Randy Orton burning Sister Abigail's house down or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't so much that it's it, it's a very old vignette style. Mm-hmm. But there, there's a couple of things that come out of this. It's like, how come Randy Orton wasn't prosecuted by the full extent of the law? I mean, he cre- he committed arson, right? right? Now, if 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 Bray Wyatt is as smart as that we we expect him to be, right? Like he always he always has something. Can he like call his lawyer and say, hey, uh, this guy that's defending my that I have to defend my title against at WrestleMania, he just burned my burned my property down. This guy belongs in jail. So then he gets he, he can get out of, of fighting Randy Orton at WrestleMania, okay? Number two is that why would you have a champion that has this mystique and aura about him, tear him down and make him a crying, babbling idiot on TV, and then now I expect him to be like a, a, a full-time like you know contender for Randy Orton in terms of, you know, like, oh yeah, here we go, right? It's like, I don't know what's happened over the past two weeks, but after seeing that, after the breakdown of Bray Wyatt in a literal sense and a um, figurative sense, you know, literal being like he actually broke down and started crying like a big baby on TV, and figuratively like they're breaking him down, and, and they just they got rid of any sense of um, what's the word? Help, help me with the word. Any sense of I think uh, mystique was, was the right word. Mystique, but then, but also like you know, he's he's supposed to face Randy Orton. Legitimacy, yeah. okay. 
And so that that's that's the thing that I just stopped. And I like SmackDown, but I turned it off because it's just, I just like forget it. I mean, like, what's the point? I mean, I don't understand. Like, I have no problem with Randy Orton beating Bray Wyatt, but beat Bray Wyatt at his best. I mean, don't tear him down. So so it makes it. I, mean, I just don't get it. And this wants to, this is going into something else that I want to talk about later on in this podcast. Kind of this theorem that we that we talk about, but. I wanted to kind of get your your feelings on it. If there's any breaking news on SmackDown that happened after that, you can feel free to tell me. But I'm hoping that you, that you do make me look stupid right now. No, um, I mean that was one of the things that I did want to discuss. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't like that aspect of it as well. Like that, yeah, that it had Bray Wyatt breaking down. I mean, the the thing the thing that I thought was the least logical thing here is well there's a couple a couple problems one if you're going to have randy orton turn on bray wyatt which i think everybody knew was going to happen like there's no setup for it right and i thought that was kind of strange like you like generally you, they lead into like drop drop a little hint going forward that that something isn't right between the two uh people and then that leads like for motivations for somebody to turn so there was like really no motivation for randy orton to turn um against bray wyatt but secondly Okay, like you said, he goes to Bray Wyatt's property, he burns down his house, um, and then like it it breaks and and you know he burns the the area where uh, Bray Wyatt's sister is buried, which breaks Bray Wyatt down, and yet somehow Randy Orton's the babyface in this situation and and Bray Wyatt's the heel, so that's that was the thing that I really didn't understand um, is like how you know if he's gonna do all these things like. How, why are people cheering for that? You know, like Bray Wyatt is the aggrieved party in this situation. Um, I mean, if if the the only way it could make sense to me would be if it's on a path to turn to do a double turn. Um, I don't think that's the case. Well, how, how would you? Yeah, no, I know. But, but, but at how least, would you do a double turn on that, right? Who you, who would you pair Randy Orton up with, John Cena? Well, I think I think you just you just uh, Randy Orton would just have to. Behave diabolically, like more and more. But he already did. Right. What was he gonna do? Is he, is he gonna kill, kill his mom or something? Kill yeah, his I, like baby? I, mean, I don't know, but I'm just saying, like <laughs> that, that might be the only way, right? Like, yeah. To, because Bray Wyatt should be the sympathetic figure in this situation, and even like with him like crying and blubbering on like that, like could possibly, I mean, I'm reaching here, but could yeah. possibly make it more so. Well, here's here's, just, here's why that promo doesn't work. Is that so? Bray Wyatt over the past three four years. Okay, has been broken down so much. Like he's never, he has never won any type of uh, feud with anybody, right? right? He's never done anything so underhanded where you where you hate this guy because he always wins and he does it in in a in a way that you don't like. He's been beaten every single time, and it's like you it's like you know it's like it's bullying, anti bullying campaign, right? Like Randy Orton's a bully, and he just he just burned his his sister's grave. He burned someone's grave. That's right. like the, the worst thing you can do, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Randy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Randy. Exactly. That's that's that was the whole thing. I'm like, how is how is Randy Horton the baby face in this situation? That that was that was my biggest takeaway from because I, I thought there were a lot of problems with that whole. Um, I mean, I was fine with the the promo and everything. I mean, it was fine for what it was, but just in terms of like how it how it logically fits into like the storyline that's going, it it doesn't make sense. Like that guy should be the bad guy. Well, you, you and I think people you, you knew it was coming. Yeah, but, yeah. I, but I, I mean, you knew the you knew the fire and promo was coming. Yeah. Well, and and I think people want to cheer for Bray Wyatt, right? So I mean, that that could be one of the only interesting uh, things going into WrestleMania would be if there was some kind of double turn because the way the way 
a lot of these big matches are setting up. They're they're things that I really don't care about, and I think a lot of people don't really care about. But it's just, <laughs> but even even if you're gonna turn turn Bray Wyatt's face, I mean, what so what what happens is like, it's like yeah, like I, I just <laughs> it's just like yeah, dead dead sisters, yeah, go dead sister. I mean, it just it there there's so much opportunity. I mean. You're, you're gonna cheer for the Cape Fear guy, right? Like, yeah, kill the family, yeah, kill the family, and it's like, there's, it's, it doesn't, you have this character that's tailor-made to be a good heel, right? And, mm-hmm. he, and he, he has this mystique about him, but at the same time, it's like, he even has had this great mystique about him, even though he loses every flipping time, right? right? It's like, just imagine for a second that you have this guy with, with this great character, uh, he cuts a, you know, he cuts a good promo, he cuts too much promos, but even then, it's like it's like if, if this guy always wins and wins and wins, and you have this hot baby face, which you can have in Randy Orton, and Randy Orton always gets gets screwed out of the title because of this guy, right? Every promo he, he makes now, you, you're, it's just everybody hates him, right? It's like, dude, shut up! Like I hate you, I hate you. Kind of like what, what what they're doing with Bobby Roode in NXT. I mean, that, that's like a, a classic paradigm, right? And and it, it seems that the WWE just wants to throw gray area, just to throw in gray area without any, you know, it's like, it's like we don't do great characters. Oh, well, let's have a great character. Let's have two great characters fight each other, right? Right. And it's like, and let's see what happens. It's like, no, dude, like, you have like a classic, like, baby face. You have a classic heel, right? And you, first of all, you don't even need to do all this stuff. You don't even need to do all these stupid vignettes. All you need to do is just like, you know, hey, I know, hey, wait a second, maybe like, you know, Randy Orton's fighting someone that you really hate, you know, that everybody else hates, right? And he can beat this guy, and, and it's time for this, like, maybe he fights The Miz. Maybe Miz talks a ton of trash to Randy Orton before a match, right? And everybody wants to see Randy Orton beat The Miz. So Randy Orton, you know, is just, just cleaning the house against The Miz, and right when he's going to deliver the RKO, hey, maybe Bray Wyatt comes out, and The Miz wins. So it's just, you know, and then you could even put the, the title, you know, the, the WrestleMania shot on the line, against the Miz, and then Randy Orton can come back and, and win it again. I mean, there's ways you can do it leading up to WrestleMania, but instead, what are we going to do? Yeah. We're going we're gonna to burn poor Sister Abigail's yeah. grave. Yes. Tra- tragic. I spit on your grave. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, just to kind of extend it forward, um, they, they really didn't do a ton on the last SmackDown um, advancing the Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt stuff, um, but they had a match uh, between Orton and AJ for the number one contender spot and it was a really good match Randy Orton won um, but uh, they had a really good chemistry uh, AJ AJ I mean he can make anybody look really good right and not that Randy Orton necessarily needs someone to make him look good but you know I think it's it's he has better matches with people like that and I, I just it was it was a it was a really good match like um, you know I don't always come away thinking like you know enjoying a Randy Orton match sometimes Sometimes I do, and sometimes it, it's just kind of uh, blasé or whatever. But I thought they they worked very well together, and um, there's a couple pretty cool spots. Um, and no, I, I still I mean I still can watch it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just to like kind of expand on an overall thing, um, I think. Are we gonna say that AJ is like the best worker? No, no. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, um, did you so did you watch Raw this week? I did watch Raw this week. Okay, so like this new influx that that WWE is using of the guys that you know these indie guys that have come through their NXT system and now putting them on Raw. I'm not really specifically talking about Joe, but not only Joe. Like, and I thought it was really cool. I'm, I'm sitting there watching Joe against Jericho, and and like I've never I've been watching both of these guys. You know, Jericho maybe 20 years, Joe maybe 10 or 12 years. I don't. They've never wrestled before because the promotions they're in. It's like 
you know, for, for Raw to be able to bring you a match between two, like, top-level, like, world superstars, and they've never faced each other. Um, and one, you, you just saw last week, um, they, they did that with, uh, or no, sorry, in back-to-back nights. You have Joe against Jericho, and you have Orton against um, AJ Styles, and that's the kind of matches that WWE can, WWE can bring to you. Um, <coughs> sorry, I got to do it. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was really, it was really fun to watch, and then I'm also kind of juxtaposing it against uh, Fastlane, which was a pretty poor pay-per-view, I'd say. And like, it's like how you, how you can have like, like Fastlane came off as like a really bad Raw. And then the next right, the next night, you had a really, really good raw. And it's like, why, why, why would you do that, right? Um, and then another. So, so we'll, let's talk. Let's talk about that. And yeah. let's let's talk about all the to to coin another pick of you. All, all the backlash be off of fast lane. And I, I want to bring up a couple things where, you know, we're talking about Randy Orton, and this is I think this will further kind of help my argument out that I that I went on with Bray Wyatt is that. Randy Orton's one of the few WWE-born superstars in the that came up through the 90s, like late 90s that can actually have a good match with indie guys, right? Like I don't think you don't need to do a lot with Randy Orton. Randy Orton can he can he can go right, and and not like you can't say that about a lot of WWE guys before the NXT system or FMW system came up. Um, I think you and then you have a guy like Chris Jericho. I think Chris Jericho in a match with Samoa Joe four years ago or three years ago, I think it would have been a bad match. Chris Jericho has really uh, kind of had this resurgence where he's he's telling good good matches in the ring. I started I think it started when uh, he faced uh, Neville in Japan, mm-hmm. and he's having those level type matches. And and Jericho, um, it's just like a resurgence for this guy. It's like it's like I I I took all my stock out of Jericho like two years ago, and so it's good even even with not having Kevin Owens around, you know it's it's good to have to, to see him like okay this guy can you know he can still get it done in the ring so. He's he's doing he's doing some good stuff, and I think he's a guy that we need to start kind of looking at, you know, for uh, for some Moody's down the line if, if he keeps it up. Even though he's going to go to Fozzie after probably after after WrestleMania, but right. the work that he's done in between that WrestleMania, you know, has been good. On to Fastlane. A couple things that that I wanted to say about Fastlane was, and I I think, and and say tell me if I'm wrong, but to me the women's title is now like the Intercontinental title. It's like it. To me, like the, a women's title match, um, to me could always be like you can always make an argument that it's going to be the best best match of the night, even with the with the raw that um, that was after Fastlane. I, I'm looking at I'm looking at this match at Fastlane between Bailey and um, and Charlotte, and even though Sasha even though Sasha came in, I mean you know it's going to be a th- I knew it was going to be a three way you know the next night. I, that's not anything new. But I'm watching this match going like, you know, these are these are the top two performers, you know, of the night. I mean, these, like Charlotte is probably the top performer in WWE right now. Before you have like the influx of Joe, before we start having Sami Zayn do what he can do and Ke- what what Ken Owens can do as well. But at that particular point in time, leading up to this point, I felt that Charlotte is has kind of been the best the best worker in the company, and I, and I feel that the I, I feel that she's kind of taking that intercontinental role that the guys in the past was, so like Macho Man did, uh, Steamboat did as well. Um, I, I think there's some truth to that. Um, I think that another part of it is maybe not every individual decision, but on the overall arc of what's happening, it, it might be the best booked. Um, 
division in, in WWE right now, or at least on Raw. So I think that has something to do with it. So, I mean, Charlotte's great. She puts on great matches. Um, Bailey is is raising her level up to there. Um, and I, I still I still like Sasha Banks, probably the best of the three. Um, but, you know, I'm going to watch. Like you like Sasha Banks because of her, because uh, she's Sasha Banks, or because you think she's better in the ring than Charlotte and Bailey? Um, you think she's like the best out I of I think she's three? better in the ring than Bailey. Um, not necessarily than Charlotte. I think Charlotte just has that physical presence that, and that she's super athletic as well. Um, but I don't know. I think I like the character that Sasha is. Um, I'm kind of interested to see if she does turn heel. I thought she was a pretty good heel in in NXT, so I'd be inter- interested to see that dynamic if it makes it its way on Raw also. Um, but I mean, I have no problem with Charlotte being the champion. I, I don't like the way. Okay, so I don't like the way they both... Charlotte the champion or Bailey the champion? Um, it, um, I, I like Charlotte better as the champion, but um, I don't like the way... Okay, so I think overall the arc of the way they book it is good. Um, I think some of the individual decisions, I think they're trading the belts back and forth a little bit too much right now. Um, I think it worked really well in, in like for the series that you had with Sasha and Charlotte, but then I don't want to see them transfer that and then just have Bailey and Charlotte trade back and forth either, I think. After you have like a bunch of trading, then someone should be a sustained champion for a while. So then it means something when they lose it. Um, and at least I kind of do like the idea. Um, it was becoming a little bit predictable that Charlotte could never lose on a on a pay per view and would always win on um, would always she thought that she'd always lose on Raw and win on the pay per view. It became predictable, so I was fine with that part of it too. Um, but yeah, I just think that the, 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 there's more logic in what's going on with with those three and what they're doing in the women's division and then the tag team division, um, then the heavyweight championship. Um, and then, uh, well, I guess Jericho's not really doing anything, uh, with the United States championship. So like that one, I'll, I'll get a pass. Um, and I actually, and I actually, at some point I want to talk about cruiserweights a little bit because I think that that division is kind of starting to, uh, round into something that makes sense as well. But, but yeah, I, I think, that that lends itself to the women's division matches, the championship matches always being some of the better matches because what's going on generally makes sense and they're good performers. Okay. All right. So uh, we'll wrap it up right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, so what else did you want to get? I mean, cause you, you started, you talked about Fastlane. You, you know, you, you talked about Raw. I mean, do we have to address the, I mean, I don't know if we have to address the white elephant or the white idiot in the room. Um, I don't know. I mean, because, because I'm, like so, here, here's so I watched Fastlane, right? And so, but I watched it after, right? So I, I, I kind of sped through the parts that I, I really didn't care about. You know, I, I watched a women's match. I, I probably watched a, a tag team match in there somewhere. I wasn't too interested in the in the cruiserweight. Uh, if there, I don't even know if there was a cruiserweight match there. Um, but so I'm watching, I'm watching, and all of a sudden, so it's okay. I was like, you have the main event, and and it becomes like ten minutes. And it becomes and and they're just like starting to walk in ten minutes. I'm like, I'm like, all right. I'm like, I guess I guess I wonder who's gonna win, right? Like, mm-hmm. gee, I mean, like, is is Kevin Owens gonna beat uh, Goldberg in five minutes? I don't know, you know. So <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so so I'm just kind of watching. Like, oh great, you know, Goldberg's gonna win the title. Um, and it, it it had a lot of uh, had a lot of things that you have brought up in the past, right? Like things that you hate about wrestling. Number one key being like, uh, you have probably one of the smartest, quote-unquote, smartest uh, 
wrestlers in Kevin Owens who can mani manipulate everything. And they were just like beefing him up, saying like, oh man, like, he's so smart, he's like, he's out of the ring. Man, he's just getting into Goldberg's head and this, that, and this. But the second that Chris Jericho <laughs> music comes on, he's like, mom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, 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 yes. I mean, that could definitely be a segment for low spots, right? Um, but yeah, it just, I, I don't know, there's, just, there's not much to say. Like, I don't, that, that probably hasn't been said. Um, I just want to point out things like, um, I thought for, I mean, it's hard to even calling it a match, but I thought Kevin Owens milked it for every single thing that he could, the way he kept going in and out of the ring. And my particular favorite was the one when he was outside the ring for a while, and he kind of like, stepped through the middle rope and then immediately dropped and rolled back out like that had me going so like i thought i mean for for as as awful of a decision uh to do that and for as little as they're trying to give kevin owens on that match i think he he milked it for everything it was worth so good on him on that here's here's a question i have before you go into your next thought how did how did this whole thing of like so was it decided like way before that Goldberg was going to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I mean, was that was that what it was? See, because here's the whole thing: is like, is like we know that's going there, right? But then it's like, I mean, then like you know, Cole after after Goldberg wins, I mean, Cole takes his pants off, he takes his shirt off, and he starts dancing on the table, saying it's going to be the, for the title for WrestleMania. When was that? When was that match ever decided, right? And that, that's where I'm kind of like, maybe if it was decided before, okay, I understand that maybe it was decided before, but I think it says a lot to wrestling right now with Goldberg and Brock, but not, not so much with Brock Lesnar, but with Goldberg, is that whenever Goldberg, whenever they talk about Goldberg, whenever Goldberg's on, I hit that fast-forward button. Was it decided before that that they were supposed to face each other at WrestleMania? No. Uh, not okay. that. Oh. I mean, let's, let's, follow, let's follow the paper trail on the logic here. Let me think here. I mean, because how, how, would, how would Brock Lesnar be the number one contel, con contender for that title? He's already lost, like, didn't he lose twice to Goldberg already? He lost to him, or he... he lost to him, and then he got eliminated by him. At, yeah, okay. Yeah. They, they they may have already. I can't, I can't remember if they had already um, said that they were going to face each other at Mania officially, just because I I know they are, so it didn't really yeah. like register. Because again, like I do a lot of fast forwarding there. But what I would say at the very least is, um, even if it's already been decided that they're gonna they're gonna have their match at WrestleMania, okay, that if Goldberg wins that belt, Cole should have no knowledge that that belt's going to be on the line at WrestleMania until they actually get together and say this matches you know what I mean yeah no, I know. like you don't just put I mean generally you know you have to agree that you're gonna put a title on the line or something like that um, so I don't know the answer to your initial question there um, but yeah it, it seem, does seem a little bit presumptive on Cole's part to like start booking matches like he should probably <laughs> Cole's a booker yeah, he, should probably, he should probably wait until they actually say they're gonna fight each other for the title uh, I'd agree with that um, so then on to my next thought was that okay now have Goldberg has performed three times, right? A match against Lesnar, uh, Royal Rumble, and then that match against um, Kevin Owens. And again, you got all these people, like all these sheep in the audience, going nuts. So what are you going to do wait, about wait, that? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that have probably never seen this guy before two months ago, right? Yes. So, literally, because I think he was in the Royal Rumble for about three minutes, his entrance takes longer than his entire time in the ring since he's come back. He said he's had ten minutes of, of in, he's had fifteen minutes of intro time and five minutes of ring time. 
Yeah, five minutes eight, max. We'll, we'll give me five five minutes max, right? Because it's like three. And no, combined, combined. Right, combined yeah. ring times like three and change, twenty one seconds, and then whatever was it a minute and a half, right? So yeah, so whatever. It's just it's insane, right? It, I I can't fathom why people are so excited, and and if you had any kind of like independent thought process whatsoever, and you'd realize that. The reason why these matches keep happening that way is because WWE knows Goldberg sucks in the ring, and they're trying to hide him as much as possible. And it's like people are getting excited for this. Like they think, like I, I think conceptually they should understand that wrestling's a work, but they seem like they're getting excited. Like, oh, Goldberg's so great, he can just beat these guys in 30 seconds. It's like he's putting on matches like that because they're trying to hide the fact that he's terrible in the ring, and and furthermore, people eating up whatever he's selling. Um. When he tries to cut a promo, I mean, promos are trash. He's making me really appreciate John Cena, and this this will maybe be like there it is one of the more positive things. Like, yeah, John Cena, please come back. Like, so all the well, just all the stuff that I have disliked about John Cena, um, and I'm trying to compare John Cena to a very high standard of him supposed to be the number one guy in the company, right? Seeing, seeing how they push. Goldberg in the John Cena mode, this mode that Cena has kind of like created for the last decade, and seeing Goldberg's even like uh, exponentially worse execution of this in the ring and on the mic, it makes me say, okay, now I guess I guess like you know I can appreciate Cena a little bit more, um, not not a ton more because it's a really low bar, but at least like John Cena can have a match. I'm not saying it's a great match, but John Cena can have a match. He can have, Goldberg, he's been having good matches. Yeah, he has good matches. I think people overblow his good matches to say that they're great five-star matches, where I think... He's never been in a five-star match, ever. I'm just talking about, like, you know... I, I'm just establishing right. that I'm not one of those guys. Right. No, I know. I'm, I'm not saying you. I know, but uh, there's other people that... Right. First time hearing this, going like, <laughs> it's a John Cena mark. Right. So, I'm just... Yeah, so... so But John Cena can have a match. He can, he can put on a good match. Like, you don't have to... You don't have to hide John Cena. I mean, there's people that aren't... I don't like a lot of John Cena matches, but when I see a good John Cena match, then I can appreciate you, you it. You clap for you. Yeah, golf clap for that. Um, but you don't have to hide the guy. Um, and so it's just... Uh, just So everything everything bad that you could possibly have. Um, and, and then, just again, to, in comparison, because this is what I see a lot of people that are trying to make arguments about, like, for Goldberg or for what's going on, saying that it's not that bad. And like some of these dumb people saying, well, nobody, you know, nobody wants to pay to see like these uh, WWE mid carters at WrestleMania. So like, I beg to differ, man. I I would, I would pay all day long and all day and night long to see, like if they were gonna build something new, like like that Jericho Samoa Joe. I, I, I would rather see that any day of the week, right? So I, I don't understand that that concept. Who's paying money to watch Goldberg fight Lesnar? Who's who's sitting down there saying? I have to jump off my couch and, and throw down and, and watch Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, Mark Sharp. And, 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 the, and I'm not, I don't mean that to try to be funny, because I'm never really funny in the first place. Listen, you still have a lot of little kids that like the spectacle of a Brock Lesnar and a Goldberg for some crazy reason. And it's more of the kind of the person that will... Here, here's the thing, Mike. Right? This, is, this is what I see, right? You don't have you don't have paper monthly pay per views anymore, so you don't have to worry about monthly pay per view buy rates. But if you can bring in that casual fan to purchase a package of of the WWE Network, 
for whatever, it's like six months, right? Is it like six months minimum or three yeah. months minimum? So even if it's three months minimum, if you can get, you know, 30 bucks out of, out of, a, out of a fan or say it's six, if you can get 60 bucks out of a fan, you know, just to kind of, and with the, with the thought going, if he purchases WrestleMania, then guess what? He's going to keep on watching it. He's not going to just watch it for WrestleMania. Like he's going to keep on watching our, our network and paying the $10 for it. So if you can get the, the, the average casual fan to buy into the mythos of Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, Plus, you have all these little kids, right? That that love that love these two guys, or, or loves the idea of them. Then, then that's that's one reason why you're doing it. And to add that, then, and I'm not just going to give you that. I'm not just going to go like, this is the reason why. Better have my donuts. The other reason why too is that they want they want the crossover appeal. They want to be reported on ESPN. They want their I mean, their their ESPN is a little bitch right now, and that's what they want. That's why you have these. these that's why that you're having these big name guys with with these pay per views. Do I agree with it? No. And what I want to say is that we can sit here and bitch all day long. We're like, why are they bringing all, all these old guys back? Every WrestleMania, it's all, this is all anybody ever does. So the question I have to you is that it's a necessary evil. You're going to have a main event that you don't like. You will never have a Samoa Joe versus Kevin Owens main event at WrestleMania, ever. That will never happen. So as a wrestling fan, how are you going to watch it? And what are you going to do about it? You can't do anything about it. But what I'm saying is like, is like you talk about the mid cards, right? Then those mid card matches better better be good. And then when, when 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 Brock Lesnar and Goldberg when they get on, we can do ten shots during during the time it takes them to get to the ring. And then, and we'll, we'll be so messed up after the five minute match that we'll be fine. Maybe 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 it surprises us have a ten minute match, and maybe maybe it's a good match. And I'm not saying that it's going to be, but maybe maybe hope beyond hope. You're going to have a match like Braun Strowman versus Big Show, which had no... It, it was like this match, I was like, I'm like, there's no way this match is going to be good. But when you're sitting there and watching it, and you get into like the 10-minute mark, you're going like, hey, you know what? It's not a good match, but it's, it's a it's a, it's a a entertaining match. It's not a bad match. It's not, it's a, not a good match. Yeah. It's the match. It's the match. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say this. I, so I, I get... No, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, and I don't want to come across... You know, I, I just can't conceive of the bumpkin that gets excited to watch Goldberg and decides that, like, I haven't watched wrestling in 10 years and this is the guy that's going to... You mean to tell me that we live, we, live, we live in the U.S. right now that has Donald Trump as our president and you can't, you can't fathom no. how a bumpkin can like Goldberg? I said I don't want to run into the bumpkin. Okay. Okay. But... Well, they're off. So I guess... So, I mean, my guess is that WWE has some kind of uh, statistical analysis that says that this makes them more money bringing these guys back. Um, I still, I really feel like that's short-term thinking to me, because I feel like. How is it short-term thinking? I, I want to debunk that. How is that short-term thinking? Because who does it bring? What type of ma- that match? Who does it bring in? Who does it? What eyes are gonna be are, are gonna like that match? I have no idea. I mean, it's, 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 it's no, no. I mean, it's it's the kids, man. You can't do it for the kids. How do how how do kids like Goldberg? Go, you go. Because why? why, why, wait, why wait, go ahead. But why why did kids like kids like Ultimate Warrior? Why did kids like Hulk Hogan? Right. And this is what I'm trying well, to say is that, is that Hulk Hogan brought us in, right? Did Hulk Hogan bring us into wrestling? Um, or was it was it was it Bret Hart no. on, on on the lower card that you saw a Bret Hart match going like, Yeah, oh yeah, I want this guy. Come no, on, dude. I, I no, I think wrestling brought us into wrestling. And because of and then like Hogan was an easy Who guy. did you want to see? Hold on, hold on. No, I'm not gonna hold on because you're wrong, but go ahead. And then Hulk Hogan was an easy guy like to latch on to 
especially as kids, and then we were able to, and then we liked them, and then it made us continue to watch. I, th I think you're, I think you're, you're remembering your your childhoods with rose tinted glasses, dude. You, you cannot. For for me, this is my argument here. All right, if wrestling brought you into wrestling, okay, which is, if that's what you want to say, that's fine. Okay, but you kept on, but you kept on watching, but you gravitated toward Hulk Hogan, right? Okay. You came next week to watch Hulk Hogan, sure. right? And you were a Hulk Hogan fan right from the beginning. And what I'm trying to say is that what has that created? Me, me and you, we're, we're, you, you would say that you're a smart, right? You would say that, that you're a smart wrestling fan, right? Okay. You, you would say that, that, sure. that, that, you, that you, are, you are a wrestling fan that cares about the business, right? Mm -hmm. That cares about the state of wrestling and cares about the quality of matches that you see in wrestling with the, with the archetypes of, of storyline and everything like that. But from the very beginning, okay, you were a Hulk Hogan fan. You were an Ultimate Warrior fan. Okay, and then you got smart to the business, and you started gravitating towards the people that you like. So what I'm trying to say is that Hulk Hogan, for me and you, and Hulk Hogan for a lot of a lot of a lot of people in our generation, made us watch wrestling every week, and we kept on watching the product, kept on watching the product because we then we gravitated toward a Macho Man, gravitated towards a Ric Flair. And what I'm saying right now is that this type of match that's happening at WrestleMania right now, okay, not only is it going to bring in the hillbillies that 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 you say, because there are hillbillies that like this guy. But it's also going to bring in the young fan as well, make them come back, make them come back, make them come back, and make them lifelong fans. I'm not saying they're going to be a lifelong fan because of Goldberg, but they're going to be a lifelong fan for, say, a Chris Jericho, a Kevin Owens, a Samoa Joe, or if they ever give Sami Zayn a push, or, hey, maybe even Bray Wyatt, then they become lifelong fans of those guys. Okay. Okay. So, so punch, holes, a, punch holes in that argument. Right. Okay, so when I say wrestling brought us into wrestling, okay, we're kids. We like to watch, like, people fight right like that that is entertainment for us so i think watching wrestling was very easy to get us hooked and then yes clearly hulk hogan became or hulk hogan hulk hogan became the guy that we latched on to and, and gravitated to and and then made us come back and then yeah our taste like um got more diverse um in, in terms of who we liked as we as we kind of figured out the business a little bit more but hulk hogan was excellent on the mic Right. Whether, you know, we can always question, and, and like that's something that, you know, we figured out later that, you know, question about how good he was in the ring. Hulk Hogan is always great on the mic. And so at least there was a talent that he had. There was something there that was compelling for me to say, okay, this is the guy. But re realistically, I mean, Hulk Hogan just got pushed to the moon, right? And and as the kids we were, kind of maybe sheep at the time, we followed along and said, yeah, that, that's the guy, right? My, my point is this. They can pretty much... I'm not say everybody, but they can they can kind of make a star out of whoever they want to make a star, and there's there's gonna be there's no reason why they can't decide somebody else. There's no reason why Samoa they couldn't Samoa Joe couldn't be the guy that got the push just as throwing out a name. He's better in the ring. He's better on the mic. I mean, I honestly believe they got in a legitimate fight. Samoa Joe would kick his ass. Uh, Chris Jericho kicked Joe. You're you're you're, you're, you're getting the, the one thing though. Samoa Joe, no. Joe doesn't have the look. He doesn't okay. have the look. Alright, so, okay, and that's fine, but there's other guys that do. So, all I'm saying is... Like, what, what are the guys? That has a look of right. like, that has a look of a Goldberg. No, okay, it, it, it doesn't have to be the, I don't think it has to be the look of Goldberg. For, for, a, for a kid? Yeah, it does have to, it, it does have to, it doesn't have to, the look has a lot to do with it. I mean, remember, Remember when, when, when we were seven, eight years or nine years old, right? Hulk Hogan, okay, didn't have like the, the chiseled physique that, 
um, let's say like a Goldberg does, but I mean he was he was bigger upon big. Yeah, the twenty four inch yeah, pythons, brother. Okay, so yeah, so it doesn't have to be the Goldberg look, but it has to be a a look in wrestling. A right? muscular look. I don't think that I don't I don't necessarily buy that. Like I I could I think AJ Styles could could get that if he if he was pushed to be that guy. Not 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 for a seven seven or eight. I, I would disagree. Not for a seven or eight year a, a seven year old or eight year old. I think you would need to have, like to me like a Randy Orton. Like he, I think you could make that out of a Randy Orton, Orton right? Randy Orton would be or or a John or and, a John Cena. And Randy's got. You, you need to have a guy that's a, that's like bigger than life in terms of muscle and anything like that for a young kid. Um, I don't know. I I feel like people are smarter now. Like I think I don't necessarily think that's the case. Obviously, because 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 they're they're cheering for a Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. No, <laughs> like, you know I mean no, but but what I think I think you, that they are like they they keep going to this crutch of bringing back um, bringing back older stars uh, for WrestleMania part time guys, and I I'm sure that their numbers tell you that yes this is this is. Uh, like the numbers go up when they do that. I'm sure they have some kind of statistics there, but what I would guess is because they never, in in the last five to ten years, they've never really tried to start. Um, hold on, let me finish. They've never tried to take anybody they have and push and book them correctly to make it to a top spot that they really don't know. And at some point, then, like they're gonna you're gonna realize like people are probably better off leaving the company, going away for five years, and then coming back. And then that's when they will actually get a WrestleMania moment, rather than like putting in the the work and 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 the years that they do like week in a week out. With the way the rest of WrestleMania is right now, that's not going to happen for a long time. And you say old stars, but think about it. Like what old stars? What old stars have come back? First of all, what's the point of WrestleMania? I mean, seriously, like for 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 you looking at the company, what is the point of WrestleMania? What is the whole deal for WrestleMania? For me, no. For if, if for WWE, what's the what is the biggest to make thing money to make money and to what what else to do? What what are they fighting for? They're fighting for any type of of mainstream of the mainstream news cycle, so they can increase their advertising. Basically, say like look look how much you know look how much how many how many people we're, we're reaching, this that and this, so they can make a better TV deal down the line with anybody. That's why they paired with ESPN. That's why they brought back The Rock. They, you know, Rock's an old superstar, right? But why did they bring back The Rock? Because The Rock is in movies, okay? And The Rock used them. Now he's the biggest movie star in the world today, okay? You bring back, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar. Why are you bringing back Brock, Brock Lesnar? Because UFC was kicking their ass for, for a long time. And then now someone said, well, let's bring in a UFC star, right? And let's, let's try to reestablish ourselves as, like, entertainment. So they bring back Brock Lesnar, okay? And so it's the same thing with Goldberg, too. Because Goldberg, way back when, beat Brock Lesnar one-on-one. And he's, he's still a big-name guy. And at the same time, not only does he hit the kid demographic, but now ESPN is going to is going to cover them on on SportsCenter. They're not going to cover Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles on SportsCenter. Right, but I think, and I mean, I I, I, we can, we can I don't think, necessarily I don't think, we can think all we want. I don't, and, and, I don't and we can disagree with it all we right. want. But this is what we live in. That's right. what I'm saying. Like, so what are you going to do as no. a as a as what a wrestling fan? Um, what, so what I'd say to what that, do? what I what I'd say to that is, yes, I agree. Like, there's no way that there's going to be crossover coverage of Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. But I think you could get a lot of crossover coverage between Brock Lesnar Samoa Joe. And I think 
Brock Lesnar brings the eyeballs, and then you're now building up Samoa Joe, and those two guys could have a, I mean, they could have a 20, 25 minute match, and have a great match. There's actually a potential for there to be a great match. Like, there's really no potential for Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. Yeah, no, you you don't have to. Yeah, right. I I agree with what you're saying. Okay. So, and 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 the other thing that I'd say is, you mentioned The Rock. You mentioned Brock Lesnar. Both those guys were relevant at the time when they were brought in to WrestleMania. And you're saying Goldberg wasn't. Who had heard, who had who had heard of Goldberg for well, then, 10, and, 15 and years? That's what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Is like I'm not saying that Goldberg, when you if you bring Goldberg in, you're gonna have like these legion of seven eight year old fans. But it's but he's very accessible to those fans because he has a look. Okay, that, that he has a unique look. I mean, he's like a Sid, like a Sid Justice or a Sid Vicious, right? He just has one of these looks, and you can disagree with it all you want. I'm not here defending Brock. I'm not here defending. Yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> no, you're a mark. You're no, a mark. I'm just saying. Like, well, it's, I, I agree with you, right. but that's but. So what the hell are we gonna do about it? I mean, we can we can keep on we can keep on going I over mean, and over yeah. and over with it again. But no, that's, that's just the world that we live in. Like the only thing that we can do is make make wrestling good again. Is enjoy the undercard. And, yeah. And, and hope that the undercard matches that get put together, um, go over well. And which and, which as of right now doesn't look too hot, right? I mean, I think you know. If I have to see Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens again, I don't want to see that. But I don't want to see Seth Rollins. No, Owens, Owens is going to fight Jericho. Okay. Okay. So yeah, we'll see that, and that's a, that should be great. That that'll be great. That but that that's going to be the that should be the main event. Well, that that sh- that really should be the main event. Yeah. Like not should be like monetarily, but like that should be the best match, the best performance of the night. Like that probably would be competing with the women's championship. You're, it's we're we're going through this transition now where every for the most part, every major pay per view isn't going to be a payoff show. Right. It's going to be more how can we get media share? How can how can we do that? Like, and, and that's what we're kind of going yeah. going into right now. And and you know I, I I know everything you said, it makes sense from a business point of view, um, to a certain degree. Like I I don't dispute anything that you said, um, like philosophically. But my my argument or what I'm saying is just uh, you plucked Goldberg out of thin air when there was no buzz for Goldberg, um, and though he sucks on the mic and can't work, they were able to make it look like something like they're they're able to pull the wool over enough people's eyes that they could get like a WrestleMania match out of it. And what I'm saying is there's a lot better guys on that roster that that I think you could do that because I think pairing them against Brock Lesnar gets eyeballs there. But then I'm also saying, like, like uh, I think there's an aspect of it, too, that, like, what are you building towards? You're building towards what, so, in, all life, in, what all, in all likelihood is a terrible match, and you can't do anything going forward with it, whereas you could build a guy to build off going forward. Because at some point, you know, there's not going to be any names to pull anymore. Well, you're asking, you're asking for WWE to change. Right, you're asking them to change their whole business model for for these main main events, or or these these pay-per-views. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. And I'm not even arguing to say that this is the way. But you know what? It's the way it is. Yeah. That's the way it's going to be. So if if you want to go like you know you just you just went smart you just went smart smart on me right? The conspiracy smart is saying that uh, that there is a nostalgia for WCW. Okay, there's a nostalgia for. Goldberg having this crazy run as a champion, he was like he was like the only he was their only homegrown guy that could compete with the main event guys with WWE. Hold on, a this is conspiracy smart. Don't don't sit there and be smart smart right now, okay? So, Brock Lesnar 
is the creation of the WWE system during right at the time where they are turning the you know after they beat them right. Well, the one guy that they never beat was Brock Lesnar. So they're having this WrestleMania because Vince McMahon wants to prove to the world that his homegrown grind Brock Lesnar can totally kill WCW's homegrown guy in WCW. It's the final nail in the coffin for Ted Turner. If he has a problem against Ted Turner, he's like, I'm going to kill your guy in a match. And here's what it is. Brock Lesnar's my champion. Your guy was never good enough. And now look where he is now. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I, my, I, um, we can kind of uh, move off this topic. But all my point, I guess I'm trying to make is there's a, there's a, a certain amount of a self-fulfilling prophecy that's happening. And they keep going to the same well of the of the aged out star for one match at Mania, and they keep doing it, and they keep doing it, and then it leads to us to say this is the business model, and this is, but it's not it's not making the overall product better, and I think that you could accomplish both if by by building someone that's already within your company to be to that level, and then like you could have it. Like late, and then that could perpetuate over and over again. So here's a question I have for you, right? And 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 I know I know that I know why you're saying this, but we have said this every fucking year, and I'm getting tired of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting tired of what you're saying because what you're saying is right. And what have we always said year after year after year after year? You can pick a wrestler and say you could build this guy up instead, but it's not going to happen. So what I'm trying to say is like, are you going to be? Are is every time around this year, are is it either going to be you or it's going to be me? Just to say, you know, this is garbage, this, that, and this. Or are we gonna like try to go somewhere else? Because the whole thing is like, if if, if you're gonna if you're gonna do this every year, and you want to say this just so it's out there, then I'll support you with it. Me, on the other hand, it's like, okay, I already know it's out there, right? So what the hell am I gonna do about it? I can't do anything about it. So what can I do about it? And watching the WWE, is it's cyclical, right? It's like it's like, okay, so. Since I'm not going to like the main event, I'm really going to focus on this guy. Like, I'm going to focus on, say, like a Samoa Joe. I'm going to focus on a Nakamura. I'm going to focus on a Bray Wyatt or a Kevin Owens. And then what I'm watching is like, they're screwing this guy. They're screwing that guy. They're screwing this guy. How come this guy's not getting his push? How come that guy's not getting the push? I mean, and, and, and here I go. It's like, you always talk about this. We always talk about this every year. I always bring up this guy, right? Every single time when we have this discussion is that you had the best talker, okay? One of the best performers in CM Punk. A guy that could totally transcend everybody else and have massive, massive crossover appeal. And they never tapped him. And that's the company that we watch. And so I, I've already resigned myself to that fact. So when I watch it, and you know, what, you know what it is? You're right. It is bad for the business. And you want to know something? I don't watch wrestling like as much as I used to. Okay? It's not because it's like, oh, I hate it, I hate it. But it's like, it's like okay, like the product that I'm watching now, there are no storylines that I, that I care about. I, you know, I will watch a Chris Jericho. Like, I was, Chris Jericho versus, versus Samoa Joe, I was interested in that match. I fell asleep during the match because it's a three-hour flipping show, <laughs> and I want to watch everything, right? And I can't watch three hours of TV anymore. So there's a bunch of other things going on. Mm-hmm. But I think as wrestling fans, we have to resign ourselves to the fact that this is what it is, mm-hmm. right? And we can keep on talking about it, and we can keep on doing it, but in the end, is it improving anything? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, mean I, I think this podcast, we can go, we, we can poke fun at things or, or just kind of bring, you know, I, I'd much rather hear like certain things that you like about wrestling, like the small intricacies of wrestling instead of talking about the state of wrestling all the time. Right. But if you want to do that, that's your avenue. And, and I think it needs to be said yeah. because if you don't, then Donald Trump, then Donald Trump would have won. 
you know, if, if you don't if you don't speak about your mind about wrestling, then Donald Trump Donald Trump would have won. Okay. Yeah. Which he did. <laughs> so we don't we don't have to do this like weekly, but this will this will be my this will be my annual uh yeah. my annual complaint about um how they're booking uh the the, the top uh matches at WrestleMania. And, and, and you did a, you did a good job of it. I, I, you know, give yourself hand. No, I'll, seriously, I'll, give yourself hand. You did a good job. There you go. I'll also say since since you brought him up because I was thinking about him too, um the the business model that they are working by by you know going through these aged out superstars or people that are not there anymore would ironically end up being probably the only way that CM Punk could ever work his way into a WrestleMania main event and not by his fault in any sense but uh like you know at some point like if they'll have at some point soon I think they'll have run through all the guys that they could potentially bring back and CM Punk will be the only one standing there. Well, you never know. That, you know, they said Dan, you know they said Daniel Bryan's doctors cleared him to wrestle a long right. time ago. But WWE doctors won't. Yeah. And what the speculation on that is, when his contract ends in about a year, he might leave to wrestle elsewhere. Yeah. But uh, I didn't necessarily want to get into all that. M- millions, millions of millions of fanboys worldwide are are dancing in the streets. Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor. Maybe, maybe go to New Japan to make me watch or reason to watch New Japan again. Uh, there's a couple good matches on the on New yeah. Japan uh, yesterday. I know. Well, it's segment time. It is segment time. You ready for segment time? Sure. You ready? Sure. I, I care. Let's see. Here comes my great production. I, I'm I'm just picking random ones. You know, I don't know if they're good or not. I haven't listened to them, but well, I assume it's Ultimate Warrior. This is, this there's is, no way it's good. Yeah, this is an Ultimate Warrior. This is Ultimate Warrior today. Let's see. Ultimate Warrior. I believe you have a tremendous awesome. surprise in store for an audacious person. Who calls himself Bobby the Brain Hena? Tell me about that. The man has plenty of other names, you know, too, Lord Alfred. Can you smell it? It's in the air, and I got plenty of surprises up my sleeve. All the little warriors out there in the New York area, they know that the Ultimate Warrior knows a lot about, like, you know, like me, like a caged animal. But they also know I would never do nothing to hurt any little furry creatures. But are we talking about a little furry creature, Lord Alfred? Well, no, I thought Bobby we were talking, the we were talking about a 230-pound, slimy, sleazy, oh. very, very slimy weasel. I'm talking about Bobby the Weasel here, and I'm going to stuff him just perfectly in this suit. You know what I mean now? Uh, there you go. That's your, your moment of zen right there. Um, we, don't need, we don't need to talk about it if you don't want okay. to. Okay, there's, <laughs> there's, there's nothing to say. Uh, this, that, this has been brought to you let's, by. Let's just say, like, from what we've heard, across America. from the three that we've heard, that's probably the most coherent promo that, that he's had. Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't poke as much fun as it. but you yeah, know. I mean, it wasn't good, and it didn't make any sense, but relative what about to the, the little, What about the little weasels? I mean, yeah, the little warriors. What about the little weasels? Yeah. You know? well, I didn't know weasels were sliding either. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, the little... They're pretty you know, well groomed. No, no, no. Fan, young fans of Bobby the Brain Heenan are the little weasels. They're, they're the little weasels. Okay. Yeah, I, I did not. Then he he protected himself with that. He said that he wouldn't kill little furry animals, right. but he'd kill a two hundred and twenty pound one. Yes. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a size threshold. You know, I, I don't think he could even he could hurt little furry animals because I think he would botch the he would botch the um, you know, botch the move. I also like where he said he had something up his sleeve, which and he has no sleeve. Never. Yeah. Just well, may, maybe maybe when he takes off, under the maybe when he takes off that armband, like <laughs> a bunch of veins pops out yeah. and that becomes a sleeve. Yeah. Junior Mahal style. Junior Mahal style. All right. Um, all right. So, here's my here's my uh, segment, um, the the low spot segment. Here's here's a spot that pisses me off, and I see it pisses you off. Pisses me off. <laughs> You're just sitting there on your couch, shaking <laughs> like, your I'm head. I'm like, there it is again. <laughs> there it is again. I'm like, get off my damn lawn. 
Okay, the spot where, and there's, you know, multiple facets that could be incorporated into this, but the whole thing where um, if you pull the top rope down three inches, then all of a sudden it changes the whole balance and people just fly over the top all of a sudden. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, okay, these guys run back and forth on the ropes all the time. And for, and for, some, for some reason, like the, the, the balance point is only like off by like two inches. So... Like, You're talking about when they're running off the ropes. They're, they're running back, or when they're running to a rope. So it's not a guy standing on the top so rope. So someone, no, no, someone's standing, like someone's leaning against the rope, and the opponent yeah. runs at them. And in order to try to avoid the oh, charge, yeah, yeah, yeah. they just pull the rope down two inches, yeah. and then the guy goes flying over the top. Yeah. It's like, dude, like is that really, is that really like that crucial two inches right there, where like if it was, if if the if all the ropes were two inches lower, would everybody just like flip over the top <laughs> every time they run back and forth? Because there's like a few guys that I'll give credit to that when they try to pull the rope down, like they pull it down like a significant amount. There's rare, you know, rare is the case, rare is the case, but some people do a good job at it. Right. But some people are not, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to back up. I'm going to po- I'm going to point out, I'm going to point out Dean Ambrose on this just in, in the way that he's very like, you know, he throws these weak ass punches. Dean Ambrose is the worst against the rope guys of all time. Right. But go ahead. Okay. So because everything, everything involves a rope with this guy. But right. Go ahead. Okay. So like, uh, you know, the way that he like throws these weak ass punches is kind of the way that he decides like, oh well, I'm gonna pull the top rope down so the guy can fly over. He just kind of goes over and like tugs it down an inch and a half, and the guy falls. Plus, it's like an NBA foul. Yes. Plus, Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose in particular, will always be able to be standing in the middle of the ring, and the other guy runs off the rope, and then Ambrose runs back to the rope and then pulls it down an inch and a half, and the guy doesn't see it coming ever and flips right over the top. <laughs> It's like it's Geronimo. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a dumb spot. Like if you really want to do that, like then the guy that's pulling the rope down should really commit to try to pull that rope down a significant enough amount that it looks like a guy should fly over it. But when people just are lazy about it and they just kind of like poke, put their hand on the ring and toke and pull it down like three quarters of an inch, and then then the guy runs over the top. It's just it's weak and it's lazy and it's a dumb spot that can be made better if people really committed to it, but they don't. Yeah, because it's, it's been done so many times, and it's like, okay, this is a spot where you pull the, pull the rope down. You, you, can, you can rename this segment the, the, the Dean Ambrose spot. Because, right. I mean, because a lot of times it has to deal with Dean Ambrose. And granted, I think we kind of like Dean Ambrose, right? Like, uh, yeah. like, like a small smidge. But I have another Dean Ambrose spot. Low spot. We got, we got to figure out this segment, but we got to incorporate Dean Ambrose somewhere. The, the lunatic spot. There we go. Okay. So this is this is my lunatic spot. Go ahead. How the hell are you six foot eight, right? And you are just like running roughshod over. Every, no, hold on. You're just running roughshod over everybody, right? Like you are just like pounding this like six foot two guy or, or five foot nine guy. You're just killing him, killing him, right? You're just like slamming him. Everything, you, everything's going right for you, right? And you're just like totally dominating. Like this guy can't even get up without you just like putting an elbow back down on him, and the guy can't, you know, and you're just pounding him, pounding him, pounding him away. And then you have the bright idea. I am six foot eight, or I'm six foot nine, and you can't teach that. And I'm 355 pounds. Hey, I know for a second everything's going really well for me. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to climb the top rope, and I'm going to do a big body splash off the top rope, and I'm going to give this guy time to recover, and I'm going to hurt myself because I'm six foot nine and I want to be a high flyer. That is the most stupidest spot I've ever seen. And and Braun Strowman does it. Uh, the Big Show has done it in the past. What makes you think? That if you're like if you're like an 800, 800 pound guy, that you can go up to the top rope, give this guy time to breathe, and and try to land on the guy. 
And how does this guy even move out of the way in the first place? I mean, in order for you to move away from like a six foot, six foot nine or seven foot guy that's like 300 pounds, and he's going to give you a big body splash, and you're, you're already getting air on that, the only way that you can do it is you have to stand up and run away. So if you're hurt that bad, how can you stand up and run away? You're going to get some, some type of residual uh, body language on, on, off of that jump. Was that related to Dean Ambrose in any way, or it wasn't? Something? Okay, yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, it wasn't related to Dean. So Ambrose. you're 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 mostly referring to the 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 Strowman match. Is that, is that I'm right? just saying, but it's, it's all in it's, general. It's like, always it's all, yeah. you always have this overpowering guy. He's like, hey, I have this bright idea. Yeah. I'm going to go off the top rope, and I'm going to give a moonsault off the top rope. You're Brock flipping flipping Lesnar. Why are you doing a moonsault off the top rope? Yes, yes. Nah, I agree. Yeah, um, there's certain guys that I think are afforded that exception because they've proven they can do it. Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. Vader um, going going top rope splash. There's certain guys like um, like my man uh, Ming going with the headbutt off the top rope. Rikishi. Right. But yeah, yeah it, like, like Big Show was always like in control of a match and then had all the momentum going and then takes 10 minutes to climb up to a million. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, and then, and then, uh, sorry, Fiona. And then, uh, and then, yeah, misses that spot every single time. It, Ric Flair, like not not yeah. not over, not the size wise, but I mean, the guy's wrestled what five thousand matches and has never hit one single move off the top rope, but goes to it twice a match. Yeah. So so that that's my low spot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna oh okay no let, let, let's save our let's let's save our losing six spot. Don't give me another losing six. No, I'm not. Okay, but, but I know you're gonna go to what I what what I like and okay, what I yes, don't like. No. But before I just okay. but before, well, we, wait we it got brought up twice throughout the show and I thought it was significant enough. So let like really quickly let's talk about that big show and uh and Braun Strowman match. So it sounded like you liked it. I did I, I didn't like it. And then I was watching it going, Okay, I kinda like it and then around the last two thirds of that match I liked it. And then and then and then the last part I was like, oh, okay. You know, so it's kinda of, it was kinda of like the cycle like like the up and down. Yeah, but it is an entertaining match. What it, 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 it's it's not that I liked it, it surprised me. Okay. So Surprised you that it was a lot better than you thought it was going to be. Yes, yes. And, I, and I'm on board with that. Um, though I will say, and, and this kind of goes to what you're saying, like the top rope spot was a different match, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, yeah. right? But the whole idea of him, uh, of Braun Strowman, like doing kip-ups and, and uh, like uh, like somersaulting his way out of an arm bar, I think that's weak, dude. Yeah. And, and that goes back to, like, um, the that, old, goes, that goes back to your Kevin Nash and yeah, Scott, Scott Hall. Exactly, right. When when Scott Hall's like, what the fuck are you doing doing leapfrogs over people? Just just run into them. And I think Brock, uh, Braun Strowman is better just being the physical beast that he can be. And with all the weight that Big Show has lost, they're really pretty close to being the same size. So Braun Strowman doesn't have to go the luchador route because now he's being significantly overpowered by Big well, Show. Well, I mean, Braun Strowman is way physically more intimidating than, than the Big Show is right now, <coughs> at, at, at that size, right? Probably. Yeah. And and I get it. He's pretty athletic, and they want to show that he has athleticism, but not like that. I think, you know, I, I, don't think, I don't think WWE is trying to show that he has athleticism. I think that I think that has to do with Braun Strowman's ego. I mean, sometimes I think you need to check your ego at the door. It's like, what, what do you want to be here? If you want to be, like, this, like, high-flying big man, which you will never be, mm-hmm. or do you want to be, you want to, Go with the tried and true formula of because we brought this up um, with Baron Corbin, right? Like Baron Corbin two three weeks ago, like he was given a spot in the pay per view for elimination chamber, and he made the most out of it, right? Because he played the archetype that they want him to play. Braun Strowman, they're you're building this guy, you know, they're building him up, which is fine. I have no problem. With, I, I 
I think Braun Strowman's a, a, a good performer. Yeah, I think he's doing yeah. a really good job. But that's but I think that's where you know you need to have first of all you need you as an individual as Braun Strowman need to know like okay this is who my character is. I don't want to I don't want to make myself look small. I'm already bigger than Big Show is. Why do I need to add something else extra to take away from my strength? I can just overpower this guy and the, and the, the the trope of this whole match is going like nobody has ever been dominant. Nobody has ever dominated. Uh, big show like Braun Strowman is. Braun Strowman is the strongest guy in wrestling. How the hell can we just come up with that right now and and make a Braun Strowman a better character than he already is? And there's nobody in in the office saying the exact same thing. And I I just feel that part of it has to do with the office and part of it has to do with Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman wants to prove that he can do this, that he's athletic. And I have to say, you know what, dude, shut the hell up. Just go out there. I don't see any of that crap. Just you just be that stronger. Yeah. I mean, I was at, a couple weeks ago. He started like doing a little bit of like a drop kick. And even that was, like, I was kind of questioning that. But this is what he did in that match, in, in that match, and then later on with trying to go off the top rope in the other match. It was just, it's not right for him. It's, I, I just don't think he should be doing that. I think it's, it's the way you said it is right. It's taken away um, from what his character is and, and what he's supposed to be and what he's trying to do. But other, other than that, I like. I thought it was a good match. I, it was a lot better of a match than I thought it was, would have been. It's like it was one of those matches where it's just, it's a, it's an old, old style match where you're just surprised about it, right? It's like, it's like, usually what happens when you have that type of match, is you have a big guy versus a big guy, and it just becomes like this big hit fest, right? Mm-hmm. This is one where it's like, okay, all right, there, there's, there's, okay, you have two big guys, okay, I'm interested. I don't think it's going to be good, but the interest is there, mm-hmm. and then, and then they pleasantly surprise. Yeah, there was, there was a couple of layers to the match. Yeah, it, it was, was good. Yeah. I enjoy it. Okay. All right, so I'm going to start off with what, what you like about wrestling. Okay, and this is the part of the show where we just say... Are going to start it? I'm going to start What do you like about wrestling? Oh, look at that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bailey versus uh, Charlotte. Not because of the match, but what I like, and I, I started noticing this, is that Charlotte, even though this is, this is a spot that a lot of people, purists, don't like, Bret Hart being one of them, but she's doing that upside down. She's, she's flipping over the turnbuckle. Uh, like, all over Ric, Ric Flair. I just, I mean... Yeah, Ric Flair had his trope, right? Like, he, he had... I'm using trope words. Yeah. Troop. What I, about troop? I, I introduced it a few uh, yes. months ago, and now, yeah. now you're stealing my mind. Gimmick infringement. I never said that. But it, there was essences of a Ric Flair match, and that was one of the spots. I felt that he used it too much, and sometimes he would just whip it out when he had to do one of the 800 matches he did a week. Mm-hmm. I just I just like that spot, and, and then Charlotte does it better than Ric Flair does, and so it's just kind of a nice homage to Ric Flair that, that I really appreciate. All right. What do you like about wrestling? Young, I, young, young Buck? I like Samoa Joe. Um, I don't know if I'm saying this on a weekly basis, but everything Samoa Joe does right now is gold to me. Um, and I really liked, you know, even though I didn't like Fastlane, probably the match I most enjoyed at Fastlane was Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn. And partly because they didn't try to make it like a 50-50 match. Like, they did it properly where, you know, Zayn got his offense in and he showed that, you know, that he's like this tenacious guy that's never going to give up. But that match was like 75% dominated by Joe, which it should be. So I think they're building him correctly. Um, and then I kind of like that they're planting the seeds of some kind of connection between him and Owens. Like, that could be a pretty sick fac- faction if they get it together. Um, but everything Samoa Joe is doing right now, he's great in the ring. His, his mic work is probably as good or better than it's ever been. Like, he seems like whenever he... Oh, that's the, best, that's the best mic work he's ever done. Right. Like, he's very pointed when he has conversations. He's, he's not out there, like, trying to be funny. And, like, he brings, he brings like, a realness to what he's doing out there. That, like, he's, uh, he's just on, he's on top of his game right now. And 
I never thought WWE would. He was always the guy that I was afraid they'd figure out the way to mess up bringing in Samoa Joe, and and they're using him perfectly right now. Then I also uh, will give a shout out to whoever's um, whoever's booking like the way that they're booking Joe right now is is being done really well too. What do you like about wrestling? I like Samoa Joe's entrance. I, I love his music, dude. I, I I came around. You said that was the best entrance in the, in, in in the game, but uh, yeah, it's just it's kind of like that whole thing. I would never I would never expected, first of all, to like that song, but then I would never expected for Joe to come out in a suit and have and have him pull it off, and then just everything that the guy's doing. You're right. Everything that they're doing, they're booking him the right way, and it's just it's just working, and it's it's very refreshing. What do you like about wrestling right now? I like Austin Aries. Um, I mean, I've always liked Austin Aries. Um, I thought he did a great job um, on the microphone and um, when he was calling those cruiserweight matches. And also was always kind of hint dropping that pretty soon he'd be competing in the cruiserweight division. Um, he has like a really good sarcastic uh, um, sense of humor about him. And uh, I think you could see the build up towards um, something between him and Neville. And um, I think that, and I don't think he'd be able to talk really about cruiserweight division today. Um, but I think that that um, Austin Aries is kind of like the final piece in rounding that into um, a kind of legitimate division um, on Raw. Um, but like his interview thing, the whole exchange he had with Neville, I thought that was great. And Neville was good in it too. So Austin Aries. And I'll give credit to Neville. What do you like about wrestling? End zone cast. I, I think with the, the program that they're running with, uh, with uh, Guns and Gallows, uh, I think it's good. I mean, even even though it, it's the kind of the same tried and true method, it's like, okay, one week it's going to be a one on one match. One week's going to be a one on one match. They're bringing in, uh, they're bringing in, um, Jesus, dude. they are bringing in the big guy and the other guy. Um, oh, Cesaro and Cesaro. Yeah, I was going to say Castagnoli or whatever. That that's how that's how Claudio Castagnoli. He's smart. <laughs> that's, how, that's how that's how bad I was trying to reach these names. I had problems with names. Um, no, but they're they're bringing these these three guys and, and all three guys are shining. Uh, but at the same time, it's like it's a way for Enzo and Kaz to really to show what they can do. And it's not so much it, you know like I, I I want that killer promo. Like I want the killer promo of, of Enzo talking for five or ten minutes. Like I still want that promo. But they're doing it in the ring, right? So I mean you know Enzo. I mean Enzo is he is who he is in the ring, right? But but he's he's showing that he's a decent worker, right? He's that he has that small guy thing and 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 that works for him. Kaz is a you know, Kaz is, is Kaz, and I think Kaz is slowly becoming one of the better big men in terms of, he's one of the most versatile big men, you know, probably that they have, and I think somewhere down the line, he's, he's going to take off. I mean, he's taken off now, but as of right now, I'm enjoying Enzo and Kaz in the moment, and I don't want them to break up, but it's a nice dynamic, and, and it's, it's, everything's working, right? Like, so you're showing the ring work of, of Enzo and Kaz. You're showing how how hot Guns and Gallows is. Like you're showing that they're the best tag team right now, and then you're showing how charismatic um, the two guys that I forget their names of that they're getting. <laughs> Shane, uh, Shane, 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 Shane So Claudio Castagnoli. Yeah. So Shane uh, Osana, O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. So so it's all those all those three aspects that I like, and I think Enzo and Kaz are the, are the basis for it. But it's showing off three three other teams as well. What do you like in wrestling? I don't um, know if you're going to say anything after that. No, I was, I was yeah. waiting for my setup there. Um, I like the way that New Japan books matches and especially the way they use the the format of what the G1 tournament is. Um, 
So this morning I watched um, the stuff New Japan Axis uh, from last night, and um, the first match they showed because they had two hours it was um, Tanahashi versus Sonata. And that was a great match, um, and like I've, so I've seen Sonata like he was in TNA. I wasn't super impressed with the way that they handled him, but I think that this whole uh, this whole thing with Los Ingo Bernables has been really good, and it's been great for Sonata. Um, but you're gonna go in and let Sonata, who's probably a mid-card guy and kind of new to New Japan, I think, get a clean victory over Tanahashi and set himself up and, like, make a potential star or at least put Sonata on the path to becoming a star by beating Tanahashi and, and beating him clean. And you never, you never get that in WWE. And, and I think the format to the G1 lends itself to that because it's a tournament with a point system, so Tanahashi can lose a match to somebody and then still... Come back and you and win the tournaments, dude. You love your tournaments, which is not not a bad thing. No, but I like the way that yeah, set it up. Yeah, and 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 but what it does is it takes the guy who's been established as like this is the guy that carried the flag for us for a decade, and now he can lose clean, and Tanahashi's not going to be hurt by losing clean, but you build up Sonata, and that's the kind of booking that I think they do that allows them to um, continually build new stars that. WWE doesn't allow to happen, which is why you have like this tiered thing where the guys on the mid card kind of stay on the mid card, and then you get the same couple of guys that are at the top for a decade, and then instead of ever letting these mid card guys, you know, um, climb the ladder, you decide to bring in some guy that wrestled 20 years ago. What do you like about wrestling? What I like about wrestling, and it's funny that you end off with that, but what I like about wrestling is I'm going to put it on one guy, and then it's going to be an overarching thing. I like Sami Zayn, and I'm not a big. I wasn't a big. I'm not a big. You go back and forth on this. Well, I'm not. A, well, here's the thing. I like Sami Zayn, but I don't like the way he's booked, and and I don't like kind of the whole when he comes out. So there's a, there's his mystique about him too. That stupid ass song that he has, the stupid checkerboards that he wears and stuff. And so there's certain, certain things I don't like. But the guy, I mean, if the guy's tough, right? And and when they start playing into that, like they kind of have them with that Samoa Joe match. That's what I start. That's what I start liking. Is that he's he's starting to have a direction. Uh, he's starting to put. You're starting to realize that he can put on good matches. But Sami Zayn to me is everything that is fresh and new about wrestling right now. Because I, I really like what I. The best thing I like about wrestling. We can end off with this, and we are going to end off with this. What I like about wrestling right now is that you have a bunch of young guys coming up, uh, and not so much in terms of uh, of youth, but WWE experience. Mm-hmm. You know, like your Samoa Joes, like your Austin Aries, like everybody that you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have you have some nice homegrown guys as well, and it's just like there's there's just like this freshness with the product. Even though we're heading into WrestleMania season, it wasn't as bad as two three years ago when we're sitting here talking about a podcast going like dude, it was like doom and gloom like dude like what is coming down the pipe? There's nothing coming down the pipe. Nobody new is coming up. You are in a state of wrestling right now with the WWE where you have a bunch of young guys coming up in terms of just fresh new faces. They all can work. Um, they all have decent gimmicks. And it's, it's just like this kind of like, you have this like melting pot of ideas, and we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm not going to say like in two years from now it's going to be the best product ever, but you have the potential to have another attitude style type era in wrestling where you have everybody's hitting on all cylinders. And um, I think Sami Zayn is the, is kind of the, the prototype of that. And I, and I think it's really kind of started with the New Day. I think the New Day started that, that kind of, that fresh type of take where it's like, you know, you don't have to play a certain role. You can be entertaining, and then you can get it done in the ring as well. So um, I think Sami Zayn and, and his ilk uh, is very refreshing wrestling, and that's 
the most hope I have for the future in this day and age that we have in wrestling right now with the WrestleMania pay-per-view. So he kind of embodies what the next generation can be. When Sami Zayn's going good, the product is good. When Sami Zayn's like put in the back burner, it's kind of like, oh, okay, you know? And, and I, I really feel right now Sami Zayn is kind of like the pulse of the barometer of, of the, of the, of the yeah, WWE of, of, of creativity. Okay. Yeah. It, would I be wrong in saying that? Um, I don't know. I never really look at it that way, but I mean, that sounds that sounds reasonable. Sounds I, good. Sounds yeah. Good. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't always like the way he's booked, but um, but yeah, he's he's a great performer. I, I like watching. I I would hope that he might find a better finisher than the Halusa kick. Yeah. And I think his blue thunder bomb is pretty sick. But he'll never get a off it. Right. Yeah. Which I find that to be hilarious. Like he's gonna blue thunder bomb. The one, the one time that 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 blue thunder bomb should have gotten a pin was against Nakamura. That was such a good blue thunder <laughs> bomb. And I was going like, this match is over. And I was like, oh, but it's not. Yeah. Like, I, I was scared for like two seconds <laughs> when that was going. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like, uh, and that that was kind of one of my old criticisms of uh, of some Japanese wrestling. Because like I'd see like five power bombs in a row, and then someone went off a punch, right? Yeah. But WWE's kind of going that way too in, in certain aspects where just a, a lot of stri- or there's a lot of strike finishes uh, as opposed to like power bombs do nothing to anybody anymore no 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 one can win a no one can get a pin off a power bomb anymore for whatever reason but a punch like you throw 50 of them in a match and then that last one finally just knocks someone out no, this cold. is what we like about wrestling <laughs> i was trying to end it off on a positive no, note <laughs> I, I, i'm not saying it's necessarily bad i think but i think part of that is you know, you see MMA, and most of the time it ends up with a strike. So, I think that it's kind of going more that direction. I'm going to cut off this last time. Yeah. I mean, come on, and not say say something positive, real fast. Better have my donuts if you're on bad news. Drama. Say something positive, real fast. Sami Zayn is a very good performer. There we go. I, 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 I,